I think in the early days, they couldn't even imagine that somebody who is a baby boomer would do business any other way except sitting face to face. And honestly, that's insulting to this generation because they're the first people who went into the computer age and they absolutely buy things online. So we built an agency where you find us online, you give us a call, we handle everything by phone. But on the back end of that, the service is legendary, old school, face-to-face, shaking your hand type of service, even though it is provided by phone. Welcome to the Midland Money Mindset. This is a podcast that's all about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. In every episode, we go deep with engaging guests who provide tangible takeaways and a whole lot of joy along the way. I hope you enjoy these conversations as much as I enjoyed having them. Let's dive into today's show. I'm Larry Sprung, your host for the Midland Money Mindset and founder and wealth advisor of Midland Financial. Today's guest is Danielle Kunkel-Roberts. Danielle is a founding partner at Boomer Benefits, a national insurance agency specializing in Medicare since 2005. And she's also the author of the best-selling book, 10 Costly Medicare Mistakes You Can't Afford to Make. Danielle's agency helps baby boomers navigate their entry into Medicare. She helps educate Medicare beneficiaries about their supplemental insurance options so that they can confidently choose the insurance plan that best fits them. Policyholders have access to their legendary client service team who helps them with Medicare appeals, claims denials, drug exceptions, annual Part D analysis, and much, much more. Boomer Benefits specializes in Medicare insurance-related products with more than 50,000 policyholders across the nation, and they consistently rank among the top national Medicare supplement producers. Danielle is recognized as a Medicare insurance expert that is a frequent speaker for both agent and consumer groups. She is a frequent source for major news outlets such as CNBC, Fox, Yahoo Finance, Kiplinger, and MarketWatch. And she's also appeared on more than 200 podcasts, radio shows, and TV segments to educate the public. Listen in for some great takeaways about Danielle's journey as an entrepreneur and her mission to educate and help the public make better Medicare decisions that will help them today and going forward. Well, I have the pleasure today of being with Danielle Kunkel-Roberts, the founding partner of Boomer Benefits, and welcome to the show, Danielle. Hi, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you, and uh, you know, I, I've learned about you and, and your firm and your organization over the years, but what I want to do is, can you share with, with our listeners a little bit about who Danielle is and, and your path to founding Boomer Benefits? Sure. So I am the founding partner at Boomer Benefits. We have been working in the Medicare industry for about 17 years. I am the author of the best-selling book, 10 Costly Medicare Mistakes You Can't Afford to Make. And that comes from helping literally tens of thousands of people over the years with Medicare. So, you know, we go to work all of our lives and we have insurance provided by those employers. And then we turn 65 and we're thrown into a national health insurance program that we're supposed to be able to learn all the parts and plans 
and options for, and it's a very confusing time for people. So we have, over the years, uh, gravitated from selling all types of health insurance and other types of insurance to literally working just with Medicare. And so that's what we do today. We help thousands of people every month with figuring out what the basics of Medicare are, what the federal government first provides them. And then we help them with their options on the back end for filling in deductibles, co-pays, and co-insurance. And it's a great business. We love working with the baby boomers and seniors. It's a great couple of generations for us. We're just out here educating and, and trying to get the word out to people about how Medicare works and what their options are and help them avoid some of the most common mistakes that we see. What was your path to founding this company? Were you always in this space and saw the need and wanted to fulfill it? Or did you come from another industry or profession and you were gravitated towards it? After I graduated here in Texas from TCU, I stayed in Fort Worth and I worked for an amazing entrepreneur, Cornerstone Staffing. They are still here today in Fort Worth. I worked for 10 years for the entrepreneur there, Steve Smith, who was a, just a great person and a great businessman. And I learned a whole bunch about hiring, firing, HR, and those things. And one of the things I learned is I certainly did not want to go into the people business because selling humans, humans uh, show up late to work and they no show for jobs and all sorts of things that happen. And that's an industry where you're always in front of your client apologizing for the people that were supposed to be there that weren't, right? And so having interviewed literally thousands and thousands of people, I was really just burnt out in that industry and looking for something else. And my brother and I, we were entrepreneurial kids. So we had all sorts of little businesses when we were children. We saved up to buy trampolines and all sorts of gadgets. And uh, our parents were entrepreneurial in nature. And I guess we had just had it in our blood. So my brother and I own this business together and we started it right here in Fort Worth. And now we do business in 49 states. We have over 75,000 policyholders. And the reason that I chose the insurance industry is because I wanted something where I could help people where I would feel helpful, where I would go to bed at night and feel like I made a difference in the world. I also wanted something that would provide a nice living and insurance policies, the way they work is that when you purchase one, that agent gets a commission every month for as long as you're on that health insurance policy. And the good agents uh, like ourselves fulfill that promise on the back end. And with Medicare, that's so necessary because even after you pick out all of your plan options, there are hiccups that happen with Medicare all the time. So Medicare denies your claim because the doctor miscoded the lab bill when he sent you to do your blood work. You call the lab company, they tell you to call your doctor. You call your doctor, they tell you to call Medicare. You call Medicare, they tell you to call your insurance company. And this particular segment of the industry being Medicare allows us to come in and literally be the heroes all the time because we help people understand the confusing stuff up front. But then on the back end, we are assisting them in solving things that would otherwise stress them out, take up a lot of their time. And so we've been able to build a great business. We have over 100 employees assisting people across the nation every day. And it's a great place to work. And we have great clients. Just a really, I'm very happy to have selected the insurance industry. Nobody goes to school and sits in their senior year careers class and says, I want to be an insurance agent someday. Right, right. <laughs> Unless your parents were insurance agents, you don't do that. It's a great industry, and I'm so glad to have found it and um, chosen to work in it. 
You and your brother came from entrepreneurial roots, it sounds like. So that's where I guess the entrepreneurial bug comes for, for the two of you. And it's, uh, and it's a testament to a family owned business like we see so many times in the entrepreneurial world. So, you know, what prompted you to write, you know, your book, the 10 costly Medicare mistakes you can't afford to make? What was the impetus behind that? So I noticed over the years and in conversations with our sales managers and our client service team, that people come into Medicare with all the same misconceptions. They assume that Medicare is free. They think that they can sign up for any plan they want in the annual election period and it'll automatically be approved. These are things that are absolutely not true and people don't know about them. So they come in and they make the same mistakes over and over again. And so you're always helping the next wave of people who come in and do all of the same mistakes. And we thought about, hey, let's identify the top 10 that we help people solve most often and put that into a book format. I'm a journalism and English major, so I like I like writing. And we had tons of content from the blogs over the years. So I took some of that information and compiled it. And I spent about six weeks here at home while my team managed everything at work. And we just literally just pounded out on my keyboard all of the things that I find people have been the most frustrated with Medicare about and that have cost them the most time, hassle, and money and penalties. So writing the book, instead of just creating another Medicare for Dummies or Medicare 101, you can find a bunch of those books on Amazon. They don't do well because they don't focus on the pain points, which are the mistakes that people make. Then. And coming into Medicare, people have kind of heard about this. You know, They've seen their parents, they have friends that retired ahead of them, And they hear and they are fearful and this causes them inaction. So they get paralyzed and they're paralyzed with indecision and they either don't do the things they should and end up with a penalty or they make a mistake and end up with a penalty. And our goal was to prevent that for anyone that would read the book, even if they don't need our services and they were going to have retiree coverage or TRICARE for life. We wanted those folks to know about the things they should know going in so they too could avoid mistakes that cost them time and money. Sure. I mean, listen, we find, right, we work with a lot of families and in many cases we're working with them up and through the process of them being Medicare eligible. You know, many times we're starting work with them, you know, 10, 20, 30 years before that, and then 10, 20 years into that. Why is Medicare so confusing for the millions of Americans Medicare beneficiaries out there. Why is it that way? First of all, you have a bunch of politicians that created this program, right? And that's never, (laughs) that's never a good start. It's, it's convoluted because there's too many people trying to do too many things. And although it's a much beloved program, a very necessary program, the reality that is in America, we don't have national health insurance. So You spend your whole life going into a meeting once a year where your employer says, hey, this year we're offering an HMO and a PPO, and they tell you the differences, and you sign up for one or the other, and you don't make your own insurance decisions. Most people work for someone else their whole life, and they do not go out and have to purchase their own insurance. They don't even need to understand that much about the coverage they have because the options are A or B. And so now you come into Medicare, leave your retirement insurance, and you have a national health insurance program that has four parts, 10 Medigap options, and literally thousands of Medicare Advantage and Part D options all across the nation. You in your county probably can choose between 20 and 30 different drug plans. And then on top of that, they named the parts A, B, C, and D 
And then they created the Medigap plans, and instead of using Roman numerals, they called those A, B, C, D, F, G, K, L, M, N. So people, they can't even figure out the A and B. And then to add insult to injury, you have these great big insurance carriers and call centers that telemarket them to death, starting when they are 64, trying to sell them lucrative Medicare Advantage policies or Part D policies before these poor people have even had an opportunity to understand what the federal government first provides them. And people put the cart before the horse. This is the first place that they go wrong. They have a stack of mail a foot high on their desk or kitchen table. They don't know what to keep. They don't know what to throw out. So they're reading through everything and they're learning about things like Medicare Advantage and Part D before they even understand what Part A and B of original Medicare covers and why they even need an Advantage plan or a supplement. And so it's the coming together of a whole different type of insurance than you ever had in your life, plus marketing out the wazoo, leaving you just frazzled and afraid to make a decision. It sounds like it's virtually impossible for somebody to really understand and actually feel super comfortable that they made the right decision at the end of the day because there are so many different variations. I was a math major and I I can't even count right now how many variations (laughs) there were or are, but it seems there are, there are a lot out there and you know, it's just a challenge. So, I mean, speaking about challenges as that 64 year old who's starting to approach the time where they're going to have to, or want to enroll you know, what's the biggest challenge? Is it going through all that information or, you know, is there something even bigger than that in terms of challenges for new Medicare beneficiaries who are learning about it? You know, what what are they supposed to do? What's their biggest challenge? Is it just simply sorting through that information? Well, time is your friend. So the people who do the best with these decisions start their research early. You should be learning your options around 64 to 64 and a half instead of sliding in and trying to learn this the day before you turn 65. And people who are planners who do that research ahead of time find that decision to be a lot less stressful when they finally get there. But it is a mountain of information to digest. So there's some great websites out there to help you. Medicare.gov for sure is the first of them. And actually over the years, they've improved the site so much it has that. And then I think it's important for people to do some research online, buy a book, attend a webinar, and watch some YouTube videos. Our channel, Boomer Benefits channel, we have a YouTube videos. And if you want to see more, hear more of Danielle Roberts, you can watch my talking head there all day long. But the reality is that you need to be able to learn it in bite-sized pieces. And so you want to find channels where you have the people filming videos that are a few minutes long so that you can brush up on the things that maybe you didn't understand after you first looked at the Medicare.gov website and you read your Medicare and you handbook, that's going to be some really basic information. Then you want to add to the depth of that knowledge in whatever format that you learn the best. So if you are a reader, go to the Medicare.gov website, do some research online on some of the websites that have Medicare information. If you are a listener, there are podcasts that you can go and find about Medicare And if you are somebody that learns best by watching, then you can go to YouTube. So whichever your learning format is, choose that and then plan to sit down on a few Saturdays and really dig through some of that information to learn. We find at our agency that people seem to learn the best if they attend one of our webinars. So we have a Medicare 101 webinar where you can come in knowing absolutely nothing 
And at the end, you're going to know the most important pieces and be able to separate those things. And then you can take that knowledge and go brush up on the things that still were a little fuzzy to you by learning in a format that is one that works for you. So agencies like ours, we put out a lot of content in a lot of different formats to try to meet the needs of the public so that they will go out and consume that information instead of making a rush decision at the last minute uh, without the knowledge that they need. Yeah, I think that's great information. And we were talking a little bit before we press record here. As of this recording, you are not able to do business in New York. And I know that you're working towards that. But I wanted to compliment you because we've had families that we work with that have come back to us saying that they've utilized the tools of Boomer Benefits and the videos and the webinars, and they found it extremely helpful and clarifying as they're making that decision. The one thing that they were disappointed about, which you're working to change, was they would have loved to do business with you because they were so thankful of all the great information you gave them. So, you know, I definitely highly recommend from the feedback we've received over the years that, you know, Boomer Benefits is one of those go-to spots to get that information to help people navigate this very difficult decision in terms of mounds of information. So, you know, thank you for that. So besides consuming the information, those that are approaching, you know, 64, you know, getting close, as you said, so that they're not waiting till the last day, besides getting and consuming that information, is there anything else that they should be thinking about as they prepare for, you know, enrollment in Medicare? One thing that we find people often feel anxiety about is they feel like Social Security and Medicare should go together. So you also need to do your own Social Security research, and that is a different time frame. So you're eligible for Social Security as early as 62. If you take it that early, you're going to make less in your check than you will if you take it at your full retirement age or age 70. But that's another thing that people sometimes get wrong is they think they can't sign up for Medicare until they sign up for Social Security and vice versa. So you want to know your timelines, right? You want to sit down and work with your financial advisor to be planning ahead and know when you're going to apply for Social Security. And then you also need to know when you're going to retire and when and how you should enroll in Medicare based on that retirement date. It used to be that people at 65 were retired and they just signed up for Medicare. And a lot of people still use that date. But today, more than ever, we have people working well past age 65, and those people have a different set of decisions to make around when to enroll in Medicare and which parts to enroll in Medicare based on their health insurance and the size of the company they work for. So all of that kind of goes together, and it's a lot to learn. But you do want to understand that Social Security piece in relation to Medicare because it will depend on whether you're taking Social Security, whether you yourself need to sign up for Medicare or whether they were auto-enroll you. So I think the two go hand in hand and you want to also educate yourself there. Yeah, I think those are things that are very important because we run into that quite often where we're doing Social Security planning and people are thinking about starting at 62 with Social Security and then they forget if they are retired for the most part, well, what am I going to do for the next three years? Well, you have to figure out a a health insurance alternative to cover yourself until you go on Medicare. So there are a lot of decisions in that, you know, 60 to 67, 70 year old range that have to be made. And I, I think your approach to it is right. And one that we take, which is they have to be talked about together because they can go hand in hand. And that game plan should start being thought out in your 50s in terms of 
as long as things continue the way I expect them to, this is what I will do. And then obviously have that flexibility that if things were to change, that you can be flexible enough to make those changes if you decide to work longer or something else in your financial life changes. It's important. Yeah. And your financial advisor is going to know some things that you probably don't as well, like your Medicare Part B premiums are affected by your income. Well, that might mean you need to do some tax planning because starting when you're 63, your income affects what you're going to pay for Medicare when you're 65. And a good financial advisor knows that and is helping you forecast and work toward that ahead of time. It may matter when you sell that piece of property. It may matter if you take a severance, which year do you take that severance in? And so a good financial advisor is going to have a relationship with an expert in Medicare and know all of those things from having worked with that person and be able to prepare you ahead of time for things that affect you on the finance side. We do see people every year who come into Medicare expecting to pay one price for Part B (laughs) and then get knocked out of left field to learn that their income means they're going to pay twice or three times as much for Medicare Part B and they're going to have income-related adjustments on their Medicare Part D drug plan as well. I've seen people literally decide to work a few more years because they were that unprepared. It's those people who are out there trying to do it all by themselves instead of tapping into some experts that do often get caught off guard by that information. Yeah. And and to your point, everything is intertwined, right? We had a family that we worked with that wanted to do a Roth conversion from an IRA and they were approaching Medicare age and we changed up the time horizon of what their game plan was on when they wanted to do that in order to get their income down before they were going to be first year Medicare eligible so that Uh what you were referring to, the IRMA didn't kick in and really increase those premiums that they were going to be responsible for had they did the Roth conversion later because of that higher taxable income. So Yeah, so true. It's all interconnected. You have to be very careful. You can't get away with one thing in one area and think it's going to help you in another without knowing what all the rules are. So that that's an important piece. And thank you for uh, pointing that out for sure. Are there tools that exist, you know, besides the content that you mentioned earlier in Medicare.gov? Are there tools that exist in the marketplace to help people with learning about Medicare even further than those tools? Or basically, that's really where you need to go. Those are going to be your best options, but there are some tools that will help you along the way. So you should have an account with Social Security and Medicare. A lot of people don't realize this, but you can register with both of those websites and that login will give you access to information that belongs to you your work history, your earnings, and how that affects your Social Security. Same thing with Medicare. We tell people always to get registered with mymedicare.gov because then when you are on Medicare, you're going to be able to see your claims in real time instead of waiting uh, up to 90 days for those claim statements to come through. And those are great resources for you to go ahead and get registered with ahead of time so that you can use them once you are eligible and enrolled in Social Security and Medicare. Right. So let's talk about the enrollment process, right? So as I'm approaching 65, let's say I'm retired, I need to go on Medicare, right? What's the uh, the dates that I have to be aware of in terms of first enrolling? And then let's also talk about that, you know, the annual election period. What is that about and what does that look like? You can enroll in Social Security as early as 62. If you enroll in Social Security before you become eligible for Medicare at 65, they will auto-enroll you in Medicare Parts A and B, and your card will just show up in the mailbox a month or two before you turn 65. You don't have to enroll yourself. Then you're going to be choosing at that time 
what kind of secondary coverage you want in Medicare supplement, Medicare Advantage plan, do you want drug coverage, those kinds of things. So Social Security does affect in that regard. But as I mentioned earlier, and as you well know, many people delay their Social Security benefits till after 65 these days. And if you do that, then you need to enroll yourself in Medicare during a seven-month initial enrollment period that is specific to you and your birthday. This period starts three months before you turn 65. It goes through your 65th birthday month and goes for three months after. That seven-month window is when you need to sign up for Medicare Parts A and B to ensure that you don't get a late penalty later on unless you have other creditable coverage like still working for a large employer. That seven-month window is when most people do sign up for one or both parts of original Medicare and then begin making decisions about whether they're going to add on the drug plan and the supplemental coverage. So that window is specific to you and it's different than someone else. And then once you are enrolled in Medicare, you also will have an annual election period in the fall during which you can enroll in, change, or disenroll from a Part D drug plan or a Medicare Advantage plan. The annual election period in the fall does not affect Medicare supplements. It has nothing to do with Medicare supplements. The reason the annual election period exists is there are no health questions or underwriting to enroll in a drug plan or a Medicare Advantage plan. So in order to make sure that people don't always wait until they get sick to sign up for their benefits, they limit that enrollment to your initial enrollment period and this annual election period in the fall. So if you have drug coverage or Medicare Advantage plan, you want to review your coverage every year. And in the annual election period, you can decide to keep your coverage and just let it auto renew. Or you could decide to change to a different drug plan or a different Medicare Advantage plan or to return back to original Medicare. All of those decisions are important ones because although there are no health questions for those two types of coverage, they do change their benefits every year. So every year, Medicare changes the deductibles, co-pays, and co-insurance that you spend for Medicare Parts A, B, and D, and therefore the carriers offering plans surrounding those benefits also change. They can change your premiums, your co-pays, your deductibles, your co-insurance, your pharmacy network, your doctor network, the list of drugs included on the formulary, the tiers that the drugs fall just in. Just a few I could things go on. could change. Just yes, a few. just literally everything. <laughs> And so in September, they send you an annual notice of change and you need to review that. You need to say, hey, I really like my drug plan this year, but is there anything changing for next year that's going to make me not like this drug plan anymore? For example, are they dropping your $600 medication next year? If you don't review that and use the annual election period to choose a different plan that still covers that, you're going to be very disappointed in January when you're standing at the pharmacy counter and it's too late to make decisions. So knowing that you have that annual election period and exercising it each year to shop your coverage, make sure you're in the best coverage, make sure that your coverage isn't changing in a way that will disappoint you is also really important. So a lot of people would love just to sign up for Medicare and then you're done and you don't have to make any decisions. But the reality is there are going to be some annual decisions either way. Because if you choose original Medicare and a Medicare supplement, you're probably going to have a standalone drug plan and you need to research that and shop it every year in the fall. Or if you go the other route and you choose an Advantage plan, same thing. Those plans change their benefits every year. You need to review your annual notice of change and make those decisions every fall. So after you go through the whole process of figuring out all these different variations, what works for you, you got to do it all again at the in the fall of the following following year. So you, you have to make those decisions all again to make sure that it still fits what your goals and objectives are. Amazing. And, and I think one thing that I think you glossed over that I want to highlight is... 
if you don't enroll and you miss during that seven-month window that's personal to you, there is a penalty that you pay for not enrolling and not being part of Medicare. Am I hearing that right? Yeah, that's right. So let's just say that you didn't know you needed to sign up for Medicare at 65. You would be surprised, but about a million people a year do this. So you never sign up for Medicare. Now let's say you wait till you're 72 and you start to have some health problems. So you decide you're going to go sign up for Medicare. Well, you're going to find out that you should have signed up when you were 65. And for every 12 months that you waited and you didn't have other creditable coverage like employer coverage, let's say you didn't have any creditable coverage, meaning you weren't still working. You just were running around out there with no Medicare, no insurance. Now you're 72 and you have waited seven years. You're going to pay 10% per year for every year that you could have enrolled in Medicare Part B and you didn't. And that is cumulative. So now you sign up at age 72, you're going to pay that Part B premium plus 70% on top of that for the rest of your life. So the penalty grows with time and it also follows you forever once you do get signed up. And where people go wrong with this is sometimes maybe they are still working, but they work for a small employer and they didn't know that Medicare is primary in that situation and they should have signed up when they were 65. What happened is their friend who worked for a large employer, well, their broker told them they could wait to sign up for Medicare. So they tell their friend, the friend thinks the same rule applies to them, but they work for a smaller company and things are different. You may also have COBRA or TRICARE for Life. These things are secondary to Medicare. So you didn't know you were supposed to sign up. And by the time you figure it out, now you owe this penalty that's been accumulating. Right. I think that's uh, very valuable information and important for people to know. So at a high level, I, I don't. we don't need to go into every level because I know it varies. But basically, what does Medicare cost and roughly what does it cover? You know, I know there are many iterations, but just at a high level. So original Medicare has parts A and B. Part A covers inpatient hospital, part B covers outpatient medical. And it is very thorough in the respect that most injuries and illnesses are going to be covered by Medicare. If you have something that is medically necessary, Medicare is going to cover those things for you. There's not a lot that is left out there, but there are some things. If you have Medicare parts A and B, you are going to be covered for going and seeing your doctor. You're going to be covered for any inpatient hospital stays, skilled nursing. On the outpatient side, outpatient surgeries, ambulance, diagnostic imaging, physical therapy. There's a lot of normal things that Medicare Part A and B cover. But what is different about Medicare than insurance that you have under 65 is when you're under 65, your insurance has a deductible. And then after you hit that deductible, you spend less because you're paying just a coinsurance. But then if you hit another level, you hit your out-of-pocket maximum you're done spending for the year. Medicare doesn't have that. Medicare covers 80% of your outpatient costs. You pay the other 20% forever. So if something happens to you and you need major treatment like dialysis or chemotherapy, radiation, even if you were on oxygen and you had to always be getting new oxygen to tanks, you're paying 20% of that forever with no end in sight. So the reason that people need to add on Medigap plan or choose a Medicare Advantage plan, those are the two routes you can go, is so that you have somebody covering that 20%. Then there are also deductibles. So when you have insurance now, is everything free? No. No. You go to the hospital, you have a deductible. You go to the doctor, you have a copay. Medicare has exactly the same thing. You're going to have deductibles that you pay and copays when you access services. 
and you need to be prepared for those unless you purchase additional coverage to help them cover that. The other thing is that people do assume Medicare is free because all their working lives, they have FICA taxes being taken out of their check and they can see there's a deduction for Social Security, there's a deduction for Medicare. This leads them to believe that someday when they turn 65 and get on Medicare, everything will be covered. Part A is covered, kind of, if you have the work history, right? Uh, But Part B, no. And Medicare Part D, no. You're going to pay premiums for those things. So in 2023, the Part B premium is $164.90 a month for most people. But we mentioned earlier, if you happen to be in a higher income bracket, more than $97,000 as an individual, more twice that as a married couple, and your income is higher than that, you will also pay more for Parts B and D. And those are some of the costs that people don't often associate with Medicare and get surprised by. So it's good to be researching ahead of time. And I like what you said in your 50s. Let's learn about this. We can forecast, you know, what we're spending now and we can kind of plan. We know we don't know what increases in the premiums Medicare will have between now and then, but we can use today's numbers and we can kind of forecast what we're going to need to spend. I think there's an estimate out there. The average couple spends about $300,000 on healthcare during their lifetime post 65. And a lot of people don't adequately put away money for that. They need to know ahead of time that everything isn't going to be free. And we shouldn't assume that because we've never had insurance where everything was free and Medicare is no different. It is insurance. It's insuring you against health risks and it has deductibles, co-pays, co-insurance and premiums like any other insurance policy you've ever had in your life. And I think to your point, that $300,000 in healthcare costs in, in many cases is healthcare costs are inclusive of the Medicare costs and things of that. A lot of, a lot of those costs are, would not be covered by let's say, a long-term care policy, right? right? So that's a separate and distinct potential cost in addition to those traditional health care costs, you know, doctors and, and regular health and maintenance versus, you know, needing long-term care services. Two very different things, but two things that are very important that you have to think about. Listen, there's good and bad, right? We're all living longer, but there's some things that we have to think about as a result of being able to live longer and healthier lives and Medicare, health insurance, health costs, long-term care. These these are all things that have to be considered as uh, as part and parcel to that. Yeah, that's right. And people don't think about it because when they created Medicare back in the 60s, people didn't have the life expectancy that they do today. And also at that time, insurance that you had through employers didn't cover things like dental, vision, and hearing. So people today expect insurance to include those things, but Medicare was created in the 60s. It doesn't cover routine dental, vision, and hearing expenses. It doesn't cover long-term care. Now, it will cover skilled nursing if you are sent to a skilled nursing facility after a hospital stay to recover. Maybe you're getting wound care. Maybe you had a stroke and you need some physical therapy. It'll cover up to 100 days, but it's not intended to cover decline. So long-term care is another purchase that we need to think about or we need to have enough money set aside that if we need long-term care, that it will pay for that because people are also surprised by that. Good point. Yeah. So let's talk about the business a little bit and and your career, right? How did you grow such a large baby boomer following? How did did you go about growing that for the entrepreneurs that may be listening? Well, if you want a successful business that's going to stand out above other businesses, you have to build a brand. Building a brand is an effort that is going to take years and you have to hang your hat on something. And for us, we looked at what was happening when we were a small agency, when we only had, say, a few hundred clients. And we noticed that 
after we would enroll them in Medicare, there would be these problems that happened on the back end, even if all their coverage was set up correctly. And so I would be in one appointment and come out and I would have voicemails from current clients about things that were going wrong. And we realized that if we wanted to stand out above other agents, we needed to have some sort of help for that on the back end, the uh, client support. And we decided to, instead of just make it something where we say, oh, hey, here's your 1-800 number, call the insurance carrier and ask them about it. We envisioned, what if we did that for them? What if we conference them in and we handle that problem for them so they don't have to worry about where do they call or what do they do? They call us and we're the one-stop shop for whatever problem is going on happening. Over the years, we took it one step further and we became almost medical coders so that we can see when the inevitable thing happens is you get a bill in the mail that you didn't think you owed because you thought you purchased an Advantage Plan or Medigap company. So why do you have this bill? Like I mentioned earlier, you don't know who to call. Well, if you have an agency that has a kind of service team that we've built, you're going to call us and we will know within seconds exactly what's going on because we have solved this problem for thousands of other people. There's nothing that hits us out of left field anymore. We decided to build what we thought would be legendary service. And so we thought about the baby boomer generation, the senior generation, and what customer service is today compared to when those people were young. And the type of service in the world today just does not match what even I experienced as a child in the 80s, let alone baby boomers who remember the 60s and 70s. The type of personal customer service that you got back then is just so different today in a digital world. Well, we also could see that Medicare sales were going to go digital because when we were starting our business, people were already buying life insurance online. They were buying homeowners and auto insurance online. And there was this general misperception in the world that people on Medicare don't do anything online. Well, that's ridiculous. These people have been working on computers since the late 80s. They, of course, do things online. And so we built a business where we help people by phone. And uh, I think in the early days, people even laughed about that. They couldn't even imagine that somebody who is a baby boomer would do business any other way except sitting face to face. And honestly, that's um, insulting to this generation because they're the first people who went into the computer age and they absolutely buy things online. So we built an agency where you find us online, you give us a call, we handle everything by phone. But on the back end of that, the service is legendary, old school, face-to-face, shaking your hand type of service, even though it is provided by phone. And now you will see, if you go to our website, you can read, you know, I think between Google, the website and everywhere else, we have something like 13,000 five-star reviews. And you will see that over and over again, people commenting on it's old school customer service. So that's where we hung our hat. Now, if you're building a brand today, and you're new coming into this business, what are you going to hang your hat on? You don't want it to be a duplicate of something that we're doing because your brand will never match up. We're already ahead of you. But what is something that you do specific for your clients that you could hang your hat on? And it's interesting to watch the entrepreneurs coming up in this business because they're super creative. There's a lot of other people out there building great businesses that do things and they have their own things that they provide. You know, maybe you have an agency where you not only help with the Medicare, but on the back end, you're assisting them with financial planning. That could be where you hang your hat. So a lot of different things out there that people could choose. But if you just Medicare XYZ and you're just another agent out there and nothing stands out about you as a brand, then you're not going to ever expect to grow the kind of following that we have or the number of clients that we have because you didn't build a brand that is synonymous with something about you and what you want to deliver 
to your clients. Yeah, I think that's great. And I, I agree. We, we, you know, we talk about the families we serve all the time and bringing that level of service. And I, I think that that's something that's missing generally in the insurance wealth management profession. It's talked about a lot. I just don't know that it's delivered on a lot, which is interesting. So I, I commend you on building the following that you have. For our entrepreneurs out there, you know, for somebody like yourself who's in, an insurance entrepreneur, and I don't think it really matters. I think the business is agnostic, right? An entrepreneur is an entrepreneur. You could probably be successful in any business. It's just a matter of figuring out what business you want to be in. But what are two or three daily habits that you have as an entrepreneur that you utilize every day to help you be successful? One of the things for us as an entrepreneur has been focusing on the team of people that we hire and making sure that that workforce is happy. We've got a great culture at Boomer Benefits. We have rave reviews from our employees on the inside, and we make the place somewhere pleasant to work. We care about them. We care about their families, you know, especially this time of year when they're working six days a week, 12 hours a day, getting beat up by 64 million people all trying to change their drug plan. For those listening, we're in enrollment period right now while we're speaking. So (laughs) sorry about that. Yes, you're right. And but it's interesting, though, because there are other enrollment periods, too, right? So you have the Medicare Advantage open enrollment period at the beginning of the year, which also causes a bump in sales. And so when you have people who are going to be your front lines, and they're going to be working with the clients, those are the people that you need to focus all of your efforts on making the job a good job for them. We want to have good insurance for them. We want to have great benefits. But we also do things like we bring in the Pokio's ice cream truck on a day when they're really, really busy because they need a little break. They need to have a little pop, a shot in the arm, something fun. The team that we have built, they are truly phenomenal. And I think the a really any good business that you're going to grow to any reasonable size, you have to first focus on the people. Uh, Marcus Lemonis talks about this and you've ever seen his show, The Profit, and he talks about people and processes and the people are super important. I love to see the feedback we get from our clients when they're talking about a specific person on our staff. And I'd like to forward that to the staff member and say, hey, this was a great example of you providing legendary service. You know, thanks for being part of our team. You've got to be thankful and put your time and effort and energy into keeping those people if you really ultimately want to keep your clients happy. Also, a good entrepreneur knows what's going on on any level of their business. So even though I have over 100 people working for me, managing all facets of the business, sometimes my team might have a message waiting in their email inbox on Monday morning because Saturday night at 9 o'clock, I was at home in the Facebook group answering questions and I noticed that there was a question posted and it took more than an hour to respond. Well, a good entrepreneur doesn't just let those things go and not have your hand in them. You have to be always checking back with each of those teams and making sure that those processes are happening. You have to know what's going on in every area of your business all the time. So it's important that you have meetings with each of your teams and your staff. We do these monthly at Boomer Benefits. But also sometimes I just surprise them and say, oh, hey, I'm here today. I'm going to sit in on the one-on-ones with your employees. And then the employees come in and they're doing their feedback with their manager and I'm just listening and observing. But I might throw a question out there like, what can we do to improve your well-being as an employee at Boomer Benefits? You're letting the management see that you care, but you're also down there in the trenches looking for things that could be going wrong. So a really good entrepreneur has to know what's happening at every level of their business 
And that's why you will see people like us who are obsessed with work and we're always working even on Saturdays and Sundays, but we care a lot about the business that we've built. If you're not having those regular conversations with your employees and your clients and checking in on those things, you'd be surprised at how fast something can go out of whack. So you have to be involved in your business at every level to some extent. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. We run on, I don't know if you're familiar with EOS, the Entrepreneur's Operating System, but it's Gino Wickman, something we use here. We have a level 10 meeting every week. We have a scorecard with five or six key items that the leadership needs to know that these are basically the six things we want to know what's going on in the business on a weekly basis to make sure things are humming and running. And and I agree, people are probably, no, not probably, they are the most important part of the business for sure. So, Danielle, it's been a pleasure having you on. And we ask each of our guests the same last final question because we're all about joy And, you know, when we talk about people, we want to bring joy to their lives as well. But for you, what did you do today that brought you joy and put you in the right mindset for success? So I'm huge into dog rescue here in Fort Worth. I care a lot about canines. (laughs) And I have a foster dog now. And so the first thing I do in the morning is after I get up and have my cup of coffee is I take them for a walk here in the neighborhood. We go for a mile or more. And it brings me joy to experience nature, to breathe in the fresh air, to see them enjoying their morning, and it puts me in the mindset that I need to go in and enjoy the rest of my day. Sounds like a great way to start off the day. I appreciate you sharing that with us. So listen, we're going to have all of your information, Danielle, in the show notes, but if people want to learn more about you, learn more about Boomer Benefits, what's the easiest and the best place for them to do that? You can find us on social media. The Boomer Benefits YouTube channel is probably the best one that I can recommend for learning about Medicare. Maybe you're somebody listening to this and you have retiree coverage or TRICARE for life or something like that. And you're never going to need our services, but you actually have a lot of questions about Medicare itself, which you still need to have answered. Come on over to Facebook and join our Facebook group. It's called Medicare Q&A with Boomer Benefits. And we have almost 40,000 people in the Facebook group. And we are in there 365 days a year answering questions for Medicare beneficiaries that you can join the group and post your questions regardless of whether you will ever need our services. This is a community service that we do. We also have so many experts in the group who've been with us for a couple of years that they answer their own questions for each other in the group. And it's an amazing thing to see. Yeah. Well, like I said earlier, I highly recommend if you're approaching you know, the need or starting to plan for these things. I've heard great things, great tools that you have. I highly recommend folks go check them out. We'll have all that information for all of our listeners in the show notes. I really appreciate you taking out the time today, spending with us and make it a great day. Thank you. I want to thank Danielle Kunkel-Roberts for being a guest on the Midland Money Mindset. Danielle has built Boomer Benefits to help people navigate the complicated process of making decisions around Medicare. She has had a positive impact on tens of thousands of people by building a solution that not only helps them make a decision, but also educates them in the process. Danielle and Boomer Benefits can be found across most social media platforms, and all the contact information needed to find them can be found in the show notes. Thank you for joining us this week on the Midland Money Mindset. Make sure you visit our website at midlandmoneymindset.com and smash the subscribe button so you don't miss a show. 
We encourage you to help others find our valuable content and please don't keep us a secret. You can also schedule an Is There a Fit call right from our website or by using the link that you'll find in the description section of your podcast player or app. And be sure to join us for our next episode to learn more about getting your mind right when it comes to all things money. The opinions voiced in the Midland Money Mindset Show with Lawrence Sprung are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. No strategy ensures success or protects against loss. To determine what may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, financial or tax advisor prior to investing. Investment advisory services offered through CWM LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. Guests on the Midland Money Mindset Show are not affiliated with CWM LLC.